1993, the last surviving member of the Murderer's Row died in California. He was 88 years old. Hey there, it's John, and you're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. The Murderers Row is a batting lineup for the New York Yankees, which was formed in 1927 and included the likes of Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and Tony Lazeri. The 1927 New York Yankees baseball team has been described by a lot of sporting analysts as one of the greatest teams of all time. So let's go back to the guy who outlived them all. Mark Koenig was born in 1904 in San Francisco to his dad, Charles Koenig. His dad and his grandfather were both bricklayers, and his grandfather had immigrated from Germany to the States, and his mom was of Swiss descent. Koenig later would have one daughter. Her name was Gail. It turns out that Gail is my grandmother. So Mark dropped out of school when he was 16 to pursue baseball. He played in what are called the minor leagues before he made his switch to major league and did his debut for the New York Yankees in 1925 as a shortstop. That was the position. The thing is, although my great-grandfather, Mark Koenig, played on perhaps the greatest baseball team ever, he had a colorful career. In his rookie year, he committed the most errors amongst all fielders in the entire American League and the most errors by any shortstop. So defensively, he basically dropped the ball the most amount of times. In 1926, he even made an error when trying to field a double play opportunity in the fourth inning, which many people believe led to a loss for the Yankees in that game and eventually a loss for the entire series. So Koenig continued his career with further errors, but he also contributed significantly on the offensive. He was a great batter, and he became part of history when he was the only Yankee player on base when the great Babe Ruth hit his 60th home run, which set a new single-season record. So at my parents' house, there's some black-and-white photos of Mark. The center one fades a little bit more each time that I go back to visit. Most of them are photos of him playing baseball, and one of them he's hitting left-handed. It turns out he could hit both ways. He was what's called a switch hitter. In other photos, he's sitting around a card table playing poker with a bunch of his friends after he retired from baseball. But baseball wasn't what it is now. So for him, his seasonal salary was around $600 US. I think when I convert this, this equates to around $10,000 for a season in today's money. So it's not what it is today. After he retired, then he opened up or he owned a petrol station, a gas station over there. And this was kind of his his income, his revenue. And I remember hanging out with grandpa mark when i was little before he passed away and there were some good memories of sitting around his table and having birthday cake and listening to him talk about baseball so the thing is koenig played alongside these other greats lou gehrig tony lazeri and of course babe ruth 
Babe Ruth was known as the Bambino or the Sultan of Swat. He is one of the most well-known baseball players of all time. And he's particularly known for the same season that he had with the New York Yankees. So at exactly the same time. In during this season, he was positioned out in the outfield. So that's where they put him defensively. But he was also a slugger. So he was a big hitter. He could hit home runs. And he was known for the number of home runs that he could rack up. And he ended up setting a bunch of major league records in batting. And some of these still stand today. So what we see here is that we've got two completely different characters, two different sets of strengths, two different types of people. Each one, of course, with a bunch of different statistics to their name. And more importantly, though, when we zoom out, we have two entirely different stories. We have two different heroes, so to speak. In this podcast, of course, is not about baseball. This is a podcast around the power of story. I'm going to start to talk a little bit about story here and then continue this a little bit more in further episodes. And this is in particular about you looking at the power of your story. So we, today we sit in a different kind of time. We're sitting in a time where we can connect and communicate with each other seamlessly, instantly. There's no dependence on geographical location or even language. So what we have is the friction that used to exist in the distribution of content and information is now gone. And I've talked a lot about this in previous podcasts one around starting a podcast, one around the daily blog, which was the uh, back towards the beginning. It's basically, this friction is basically gone because we can post something now to the internet instantly, seamlessly. We can do it as we listen to this. We can start to share a message. We can share something out to the world. So let's flip it around a little bit. Now that we're talking about this concept of story, let's look a little bit uh, at business. So let's turn the table. If I'm a customer now and I'm looking to purchase something, looking to engage in something, what I'm really looking for here is a transformation. It's a change. I'm looking for growth. I'm looking for change. I'm looking for something to help me to become a more powerful version of myself. So we don't think about this consciously. But what I choose to engage in, what I choose to buy is helping me to position myself. It's helping me to step into the person that I want to become consciously or subconsciously. The brands that I align with, the things that I buy, what I eat for lunch, where I go, the type of gym that I might train at, the brand of the phone that I have. All of these things at some level are a step towards a transformation or I'm becoming someone, I'm becoming this newer version of myself. So now we do this through our alignment with brands and through our alignment with products and services and experiences rather than uh, with nations or through country lines and, and geographically. So anyway, the things that I buy, work with or engage in are chosen either consciously or subconsciously to help me become this more powerful version of myself. They help me get where I want to go as John, as a human. 
This, of course, if we zoom out, is my own story unfolding, my own hero's journey that began back in the beginning in 1985 for me. So while my own journey is unfolding, the thing that I resonate with the most as a buyer, as a, as a human, as someone who's a consumer, someone who buys things to survive and to live, as a human just like you, is this idea of story. This is what resonates with me at a mental, emotional level. I don't buy the facts and figures, so I'm not out to purchase something because of a certain number or because of the actual fact behind it. Because as a human, we don't actually register the facts and figures as something that is significant. So if someone goes out to buy a fast motorbike, it's not because of the number of kilowatts or the horsepower and what that means mechanically. It's because of the transformation that that faster motorbike can have here. It's the transformation that that can help them make the person that they become when they buy that bike, when they are a rider or an owner of that particular type of bike. It says something about them. It lets them to step into a newer, different version of themselves and one that's aligned with where they want to go and aligned with their own journey. It's because this new bike is helping them make the transformation that they want within their own story as their story unfolds. Okay, so... Let's go back to your business, your project, your passion, the thing that you're working on. If you know that I'll buy a faster motorbike, not because of the numbers, not because of the kilowatts, but because of the transformation, how it makes me feel, how might this impact your message or what you put out there, the things that you create for us, the audience? Of course, you might start to show images, videos, movies of other people who are riding one of these bikes, how happy they seem to be, them hanging out with their friends. Uh, you might talk about the story of the brand. You might give me a little bit of backstory on the brand as a whole and give me something to identify with or something to affiliate with how the brand began or why you make motorcycles or motorbikes the way that you do, what led to this development. You might talk about the breakthrough of technology that allowed you to create this kind of power in the bike. This will allow me to identify or affiliate with a leader in the industry, someone who's innovative. And this might be something that I enjoy as well as a consumer. You might also do a short film about one of your customers who owns this bike and what it means to them in their own transformation, what they get to do in their life and how it feels for them. In any event, when we look here, we see that this effort is entirely based around story. It's in based around this context, this journey, this feeling, this transformation, not around the facts, not around the figures. And when we do use the facts and the figures, the statistics, the horsepower, the kilowatts, the kilograms, all of these things, it's simply to support this broader context, this broader story, which would be specific to this brand, or in your case, to your brand, to your business, to your product and service. As master storyteller Bernadette Jiwa teaches us, knowing your own story is super important. And one of her lines is, you don't need to compete when you know who you are. And effectively what she's saying here in this is if we think about that motorcycle, we don't need to compete necessarily on the 
output, the horsepower, the kilowatts, whatever it might be. When you know who you are, when you know your context, when you know your story, when you can tell this in a way that it lands powerfully and evokes the emotional response that you're looking for and the affiliation and the resonance with us as your audience, you don't need to compete when you know who you are. So Mark Koenig, my great-grandfather, he wasn't able to compete with Babe Ruth. And nor should he have. He was a completely different type of athlete. He was a shortstop who could switch hit and made tons of errors, but contributed to the team. He was a key contributor. He was number two position on what was called murderer's row. But Babe Ruth, he was completely different. Defensively, he was way out there in the outfield. His draw card was his ability to to hit an insane amount of home runs. And so that's how they played him. That's where he was positioned. That was his story. The other thing is, in our culture, we're still getting over this kind of crazy information hangover. And so a lot of passion-fueled business owners are still looking constantly for more workshops, for more education, for more ways to find pieces of paper and then be able to share them, to read more books and audiobooks and listen to podcasts on 1.5 and 2 times speed. And there's this hunger for more information because it can feel like when we have more information, we can finally be in a position to share something insightful with somebody else. Something that we heard on the latest book or some new way of thinking or new way of being that we can share with others and inside and we'll be in this position then to be able to create more content and start to talk about this stuff and create these insights for our audience or our super niche typically though what we're actually seeing when this feeling comes up is a resistance to creation and a desire for more it's it's a little bit in actuality of confusion because it's really a lack of coming together with our own story. It's a lack of realization that all the context that we need, all the juicy, beautiful journey and story and context and insight that we need most likely is already there. Typically, with passion-fueled business owners, people who are already in business, the level of information has been established long ago. It's already there. I often talk about trying to build your business or your skill set to the top 5%. So of course, if you're just starting, you need more experience. You need a little bit more information, but even then, typically it's more experiential learning. Of course, there is space for that, but when we see it with people who are established or people who are already on the path, usually what we're seeing is a lack of coming together with our own story, a lack of an ability to embrace or an awareness that we can embrace our own journey and we can create powerful, insightful insights and story and content from this stuff. So if you aren't clear on who you are, if you haven't embraced the path that you've come personally, then of course it makes complete sense that the the process for you is going to be to seek out more and more information, constantly have the new podcast, constantly have the new books, the audio books on the go. There's this never-ending cycle, this never-ending gap. 
But we've been telling and resonating with stories since we were tiny, since we basically first were learning to identify with the world. And when we consider content creation, which is our main way to connect and contribute to our super niche, our target audience, then it turns out that using story in some form or another is our most powerful way to still reach and connect with our audience. Because if we start to just generate information or just put our assertions out there straight as they are without our own context, effectively we step into competition with Google. We step into competition with just straight information. And that's a quick way to lose because you basically cannot compete. There's so much information out there. We've moved past the information stage. We move into this contextual or conceptual stage where what we're really looking to identify with and to work with is your story, is you as a human, the who it is behind the facts and the figures. So neurologically, we're actually stimulated in a specific way by effective story structure. And we'll talk a little bit about story structure perhaps on a future episode, but a basic recounting of events, a basic anecdote is very different from an effective story. What we're actually looking at an effective story is a shift that we can feel emotionally as the reader or as the audience as we understand or as we learn more about this specific character and the change that they go through and the insights that it creates in the story. So we resonate with this stuff on a mental, emotional level, far more powerful. So the beginning though here is to just step back, is to identify with your own context. And this is something that's very powerful, something that we do at the start in Access Potential Academy. We all go through a process where we literally start to identify our story. We start to write it all down, the journey that we've come from. Uh, in other areas, this is called recapitulation. And it can be a very powerful and healing tool as well, but it allows us to see where we've come from. It's allowing us to see the changes that we've been through, the insights that we may have gotten from both the good and the bad, from everything that we've been through. You know, when you got your first dog and Rex, and then Rex died when you were 15 and what you learned from that and the first time you went on a date and then when you went to university and failed your first test and all of these things that happen leave this wake. They leave this journey and insight that is very interesting and in specific cases when told correctly can help to transform the lives of your super niche can help to identify and transform and educate the people who you want to serve so the beginning is to identify your own context your own sequence of events your own story that you've got that you have where did you come from physically geographically metaphorically why do you do the things that you do why do you do it differently to other people What challenges have you overcome? What insights have you gained? You know, when when you did fail that first test, when you got fired from that job and you decided to change careers, that was the change. You know, there was a context before that. Then there was this change that you went through. Then there's an insight. So what did you learn from that? So when you uncover the context of you and you then start to interweave the information that you've learned and that you're still learning because 
let's face it, we're still addicted to the information. And the purpose of this podcast isn't to say, okay, look, don't listen to a new podcast. Don't listen to a book or audio book or whatever it is that you're engaging with. It's simply to zoom out after you've engaged with these new inputs and bring in your own context, bring in your insights. How does this resonate with you? How does this resonate with what you've learned in the past? When you do this, you'll learn to find the ultimate tool to overcome stagnation. You'll be able to get your voice out there powerfully and find the tribe that resonates with you. You will be able to do more of what you love and talk more about what you love, what you resonate with, and just basically stop talking about the things that aren't working, that are draining energy, and that are just not resonating with your target audience. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about story in coming episodes, and I'll include a little bit about how I started to embrace some of it in my own content, the own my own uh, works that I do, my own writings, and I, of course podcasts, uh, and how, and I'll and talk a little bit about some of these um, story structures, and hopefully you'll be able to use some of these in your own content. But that's it for today. So if you're interested, of course, in finding more out about content creation, I call this content small C. So storytelling fits in in this framework of content small c content small c is effectively content that is authentic content content that your super niche wants to receive and can help educate and transform the people you want to work with before during or after the time that you've worked with them content that's not just the big lists you know five tips for weight loss at christmas or five ways to grow your Instagram, whatever that might be. So if you're interested in finding more about content small c, I've got a whole video and PDF that is available for free on the website, johntmarsh.com. You'll also get the Super Niche Framework, which I've mentioned here, the Super Niche in the podcast, and also have included a whole, done a whole podcast on this earlier, the Super Niche. Basically, it's the ability for you to zero in on the person you want to serve and what you want to do, which will help you to do powerful work and help you to do work that resonates with people powerfully and help to create the change that you want. So you can grab these from the website. A lot of people have downloaded these and I'm hearing some great work and some great insights from people who have worked through them. Uh, then and if you've got any questions, hit me back, john at johntmarsh.com and that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed the Access Potential podcast. I'll see you next week. Feel free to forward it to a friend who wants to look into their own story a little bit more. See you next one. Access Potential Academy is a peer-to-peer group that is designed to help you level up as a passion-fueled small business owner. So if there's a business you're working on, looking to grow, or a project that you're looking to create, a change you want to make, we run a group of people through this together. So we use project-based learning, group calls, and individual calls as well. Here's what some of the people are saying around how we set up the group calls and what it means to them to be able to connect 
on these calls with like-minded people also looking to level up. We kind of cultivate that. I've just met three people now that I've met through those calls in person for the first time today after two hours of sleep. And I'm, it's like I know them. I'm very comfortable. I've been greeted with hugs, you know, and, and, um, and real warmth and real connection. Genuine, like not, no, no bullshit here. It's like real. And it's because we've cultivated that through the calls. If you're interested in finding out more about APA in 2020, send me an email, john at johntmarsh.com, and I can send you an information pack.